want you to know something. We have a God in heaven. If you're saved this morning, say amen. amen. <laughs> Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Remember, you can always open the Bible. If you're tired of listening to lies, just open the Bible. <laughs> you can find truth in the scriptures. Amen. I am reminded of what happened here. Isaiah <clears throat> is speaking, and I want you to turn to Isaiah 59, if you will. And Isaiah is beginning to talk here, and he's beginning to talk to the people. And what he's reminding them of is that there are transgressions that are present. And because of transgressions, and that's sin, there are things that happen to a nation, things that can go wrong, things that, that will cause a nation to become defiled. And so as we look at this, I want you to look with me, if you will, to Isaiah 59. I'm going to begin reading in verse 9 and read on through verse 15. Can we stand and honor the reading of the Word of God if you're capable this morning? Let's all stand. The Bible says in verse 9, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice cover or overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Let's pray. Father. You watch the news, or you're watching anything. You're realizing there's people that are corrupt and they've done wrong in our government and in politics. And you say, well, it's politics. That's why uh, it's happening. And it's true. There's a lot of truth to that. But as you look at this, you wonder to yourselves whenever these things come to light, is anybody going to have to pay the price or the consequence for what's taken place? Is anybody going to actually have any jail time? Is there anything like that going to happen? And you know, I'm reading in the scriptures, and as I look at this, and he says uh, in this passage here, for our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. So in transgressing from the Lord, uh, the uttering from the heart are words of falsehood. How many of you see the falseness that's going on out there? And you understand that these are not truths and, and, and that the truth, when it is revealed, it's just causing people to grow angry. And the reason people respond in anger sometimes is because there's truth in what's being said. And so that anger rises because truth is being told. How many of you have had one of your children at times reveal something to you about yourself that you don't like about yourself and it makes you angry? Has that ever happened to you? They tell you something about your personality and uh, all of a sudden, you, you know, you're kind of hit in the face with it and, uh, and we just get mad at our kids because you just shut up because you don't know anything, right? <laughs> and we get angry at them because they reveal something about us. I want to tell you, truth reveals lies, does it not? Truth reveals sin. Truth 
truth reveals things about us that we don't even like about ourselves at times. And truth is fallen in the street is what Isaiah is talking about. And so what's happening is, is you have all these people in his time uh, just not following the Lord. They're turning away from God. Uh, they're allowing themselves to be taken in by the things of the world. And they're allowing the world to control their lives rather than the God that they serve. And so as we look at this this morning, I want to talk to you about deliberate rebellion against God, lying against God, injustice against God. I want to talk about dishonesty. And when that happens, it will lead a people, it will lead a nation down the wrong path. Where are we right now? Well, we need to be headed back toward God, not away from him. We need politicians, but we need politicians who are going to stand for truth. This country was founded on the word of God. Our Constitution, if you read it, you can't help but see the truths that fall into that through the Word of God. And, and this nation was not founded on that Constitution. This nation was founded upon the Word of God. And so what I'm sharing with you this morning is let us as, re as Christians remain strong in our faith, remain strong in what we believe about the Word of God. And I thought about our country. You know, it's incapable of really helping itself. I'm mindful of 9-11. How many of you really remember that day? Uh, do you remember where you were when that moment took place? Do you remember what you were doing? I remember just in a moment what really hit me was we are on the attack. There is someone actually attacking our nation. And I remember where I was and what I was doing. And I thought about that for a moment. And we were incapable at that moment to really help ourselves with these attacks. We didn't even understand what was happening to us. You know why? Because the last time our soil was attacked. It happened in Hawaii. It didn't happen here in the States. This is the first time where we really had this kind of attack on our nation. And it was mind-boggling, wasn't it? It just baffled us to think with all the technology that we have and all the things that we have, how could this possibly happen? Because I want to tell you something. When we start suppressing our God, you can expect more problems. When we start doing away with him, you can expect more attacks. When we start doing away with his word and we start doing away with things that pertain to our God, how can we ask him to protect us if we want to do away with him? Now, this is what's happening to the nation of Israel in these passages. And I looked at this and I thought, God can help us, can he not? Can God forgive sin? Well, sure he can. Can God help us? Yes, he can. When I look at this, a, a, a person and a nation is not going to change unless we turn to a righteous God. And we need a church to take a stand. We need a people to take a stand. And we need to just say, you know what? Truth is truth and a lie is a lie. Amen? Sanctify them through thy word for thy Word is truth. God's word is truth, folks. It's not just true. This is the standard by which we measure things. Not by man's standard, but by God's standard. And I believe we're living in a present day where truth has fallen in the street. And it's amazing how relevant this is today as I was reading through this and I began to think about how these false narratives are out there and all this false news that's taking place and people are buying into it and, and they're turning toward it. But listen, we just need to take a stand on truth. And when you do, it'll turn us back in the other direction. I have this challenge for us as I was thinking about this. Are we going to heed to the call to action by God to return to his truth? We just need to preach the truth. On May 12th, we're going to go up and knock on some doors in St. Mary's. You know what the truth is? People are dying and going to hell. How many of you know that? 
And there are souls that need to be saved. And God desires to use the local New Testament church, that means you and me, this body of believers, to reach people with the gospel. How many of you know that? And he wants to use us and he wants to use our lives to reach others with the gospel. By the way, there's a judgment day coming. There is a day of judgment coming. And when that day of judgment comes, there, you're going to be in one of two places. You will either be at the Bema Seat of Christ or you will show up at the great white throne judgment. And if you're saved, you'll stand at the Bema Seat of Christ. And what we'll do is we will be uh, challenged with what we did for God. And those things that were a waste of time, those will be wood, hay, and stubble. And the things that we did for God and did for his name's sake, they'll be precious stones, silver and gold. And it will be tried by fire, but my salvation is clear. I will not lose my salvation. My salvation is settled in Christ Jesus. Amen. But there is a great white throne judgment. And when those stand before God at the great white throne judgment, you either stand before God and you'll stand in salvation or you'll stand in condemnation. And what I am telling you is, is there are souls in that St. Mary's area, those very doors that we went to, that are one day going to stand before God in condemnation, but by us knocking on a door and reaching that soul with the gospel, they could stand before God in salvation. Amen? God's counting on us. Listen, that is truth, is it not? And we don't want to let truth fall in the streets. We want to make sure that we get this truth out to a people. Are we going to heed to the call? to action by God, to return unto him. Now, what does it take? I think it takes uh, fervent prayer. I think every one of us need to be praying. And, and you say, well, how do you do that? What is fervent prayer? And fervent prayer is when you just get alone with God and you plead with him about where we are. It can often even bring you to the place of tears, but at least brings you to your knees. And we begin to pray not only about the condition of our country, uh, but the condition of our politicians, the condition of our nation, the condition of the things that are happening in our nation. Listen, uh, what can happen? We have a president right now, and, and things are starting to turn the corner financially, and people will forget God because of finances. Because things get good financially, they'll forget God. And there are people that will vote for a man because he helps things go economically well, but the morality of things needs to go well is so also. Money is not going to save a soul, amen? God can use money to help us print tracts and get them out that they might save a soul, but money has not saved one soul. It is the word of God that saves that soul. And so we need to make sure that we're staying on track with this. When I think about this fervent prayer is asking God to bring forth revival in our nation. It's us asking God to bring forth revival in our nation. And you hear it many a time. How does revival start? Well, it starts in us. And we ask God for this to happen. And it begins in the heart of men. And I believe it bleeds into the church of God. And what happens is, is we really begin to pray and seek God and seek his will for our nation and say, God, we know. But then we have to put our feet into action. We have to do something about it. We can't say, well, Pastor, I sure hope some people up in St. Mary's get saved, and we never go in and canvas, and we never go in and door knock, and we just say, boy, I sure hope they get saved. It would be like us sitting in there in the seed line room looking at all of those John and Romans and saying, I sure hope somebody uh, that speaks the Swahili language gets, gets saved, but we, we're, we're not going to put these together. We don't have time for this. Uh, somebody else, and, and we sit back and we say, we're not going to put these together. We're not going to send these back to Bearing Precious Seed. We're not going to do this. But we're hoping someone who speaks that language will get saved. That's foolishness, isn't it? We need to put it together so we can go. And so it can go. And the same is true about us. We need to get it together so that we can go. 
and we'll go up to St. Mary's and we'll share the gospel with these folks. I believe it bleeds into the church. I believe it affects the community and the nation in which we live. Listen, folks, religion doesn't save souls. We live in Minster, Ohio. It is a very religious community, very religious but I'm not talking religion. I'm talking Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm talking about salvation of souls. I'm talking about people needing to come to Christ Jesus. I'm not talking about making sure I show up in a service. I'm not talking about going through rituals and re repetitious prayers. I'm talking about knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Amen. Because religion is not going to save a soul. What is going to save a soul is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, listen, truth has fallen in the street, hasn't it? And what we need is we need to get truth in people's hearts. God's wanting to use Calvary to make that happen. Let us be that lighthouse that we need to be. We need a nation that will heed to the call of God and pray for man to turn back to him. And I think we have three warnings here. One of the things that God warns us of, he said, therefore is judgment far from us. When you have a people of God who begin to avoid prayer, judgment is far off. And you say, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a very poor thing. Right now, judgment is far from us. No one is really holding people accountable for their actions today. Everything's somebody else's fault. How many of you get that? Huh? I, I mean, we're even raising up a generation of children that, that say that it's someone else's fault for the way they behave. I want you to know every one of you in this room, including this man preaching for this pulpit, has choices in life. Amen? And the choices I make are my choices. I can choose to live in my past, or I can choose to live in the present, and I can choose to live for Christ, or I can choose to live for the world. And it is a choice that I make. And every person sitting in this room has a choice to make. And what it is, is you're either choosing to live for God or you're choosing not to live for God. And when I look at this, when truth becomes relative or no absolute, then chaos becomes the society. Would you agree? Because what we're finding out right now is that when I look at this, when truth becomes relative, it's just this whole gray area, what's right for you isn't right for me. I challenged a man one time uh, uh, who was a humanist, and the challenge that I put before him was this. And the question that I asked him was, do you believe that Hitler was right in killing all those Jews? Now, let me tell you one of the tenets that the humanists believe. What's right for you may not be right for me, but it's right because I believe that it's right. That's how humans think. <laughs> One of their tenets tell us that. So when I challenged him, was Hitler right in killing all the Jews? He said, well, even the Bible. I said, hold on a minute. You don't believe in the word of God. You don't believe in the Bible. You can't use the Bible because it's not true. Well, you know even the Bible. I said, no, you can't use the Bible. Was Hitler right in what he did? How many in here would raise their hand and say, you know what? Hitler was right because he didn't think the same way we did, so he was right. Not a single soul would do that, would you? But the fact is, what the world is doing isn't right. <laughs> right is the word of God. And it is righteousness, amen? When I go to the scriptures and I begin to read, when truth becomes relative or no absolute, then chaos will begin in a society. It will cause all of the things that we know to be true and thinking what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. 
I heard Nancy Pelosi say the other day that it is us that come to the church on Sundays and tout our Bibles and do all this, and we're the ones out with the guns on Monday afternoon. I want to tell you something. I carry a gun, but you know what kills people? Not the trigger on that gun. It's the heart of a man. It's the attitude. It's the spirit of that individual. That's what takes a life. It's who they are. Well, don't give them access to guns. Well, I want you to know, it wasn't guns that happened on 9-11. It was airplanes. Do we do away with them? Are you with me? There are people over in England right now uh, where they suppress guns greatly, and there's more murders with knives today. Do we do away with knives? Foolish thinking, isn't it? The reality is, truth has fallen in the street. That's what's happened. You know, when judgment, a verdict, a sentence, justice, an ordinance of God is not fulfilled, it's us turning away. It's turned away. It's departing. It's being removed. It's going backward or behind. You know, what happens is sin causes that, and then sin prevents some things. You know what sin prevents? Sin prevents a people from praying. Stops you from praying. And when I look at this, when truth becomes relative, judgment will depart, will it not? And that's what's happening in our nation today, folks. Judgment's departing because it's all relative. And it depends on who did it as to whether it's wrong or right, <laughs> rather than what they did. And I want you to know there is a standard, and his name is Jesus Christ. And one day, that standard is going to judge all things, Amen. And there's not going to be any titles. There's just going to be them before God. And that title will not mean a thing. It will not be President Donald Trump standing before God. It will be Donald Trump. And he'll stand before God for every false statement he ever made, for anything he ever said that went against his truth. And I want you to know Barack Obama is going to stand before God. And so is Hillary Clinton. And so is all the other politicians that are in Washington, D.C. They're going to stand before God. And for every lie that entered out of their mouth, they'll be held accountable for what they did. And the fact is, is that what we need to see is sin prevents prayer. What happens to us as a people is when we see sinners, we don't want to pray for them. And yet the reality is, is we need to be praying for them. Let me give you a psalm to write down. And you don't have to turn to it right now, but write this down. Psalm 66, 18 through 20. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I want you to consider that for a moment. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I'm holding on to something I shouldn't, if I'm hanging on to that thing that I should let go of, God cannot hear me. It's hard to, that's just hard to swallow, Pastor. I didn't write it. I'm just telling you what it says. And what is happening is, is we have a nation that's full of sin and Christians that don't want to pray. And the reality is, is let's confess our sins and get our hearts right with God and let's pray. Let's pray for God to turn the nation. Let's pray for God to turn things around.
when I look at this, but verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Well, why would he hear me? Why would he attend to the voice of my prayer? Why would he listen to me? Who am I in regards to who he is? I'm his child. His son indwells me. Amen? The Spirit of God lives within me. Why would he not want to hear from me? And as I think about this, he says in this passage, But verily God hath heard me, he hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. And that is what this nation needs. We need God's mercy right now. We need his grace. We need strength. We don't want to let truth fall in the street. We want to make it known. You know, I got to thinking about this pattern in Israel where they go through a time of rest and rebellion and, and a nation divorcing themselves from God and then retribution would set in. And, and I look from the time that 9-11 happened to where we are today. How many of you see that? You know, you look at what happened and you're like, wow, we, we've, we've turned it all the way right back around to almost where we were when that occurred. As a nation, that's occurred in our nation. And, and listen, we need to pray that God turn things again. And what's happening in our nation, God will provide the protection. He'll provide the deliverance. He will save the souls. He will change people's minds. That is the God that we serve. We have to believe it, and we have to share it with others. If we don't believe it, how are we expecting them to believe what we believe? But we must believe it. And I began to think, these false narratives, this false news, these lies, the more lies, the absurdity, the absurdity of these lies that are going on. I want you to see something in scriptures, and I told you just a moment ago about judgment. But I want you to turn to 2 Thessalonians with me. I want you to look at this firsthand. I want you to see, and I want you to understand, there is a time. By the way, the Antichrist is real. And, and, and John said the Antichrist is present now. Now, he said that in his day, and if it was present then, it's present now. But there is a time coming when there will be one who will rise up as the Antichrist. And that is not the devil. The devil will be controlling this man, but the fact is, is that he's coming. And a day is coming when it will occur. Turn to 2 Thessalonians with me, if you will, and go to chapter 2. Look at verse 7 with me. He says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. What is Isaiah talking about back here? Iniquity. Is he not? He said, there's iniquity, there's transgressions, there's problems in our hearts. He says over here in verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Can we say amen? amen. <laughs> He's going to destroy him. We know that as believers, but I want you to watch something here. And it says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. It's real, folks. It's really going to happen. And the Bible says in verse 10, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. You know what that is? They never got the gospel. They never got the message of Jesus Christ. They never received the truth of the gospel. And if they did, they've rejected it. And they're falling under deceivableness. They don't believe it. 
And the Bible says this, as a result, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I want you to know right now, this nation is falling under a lie. It's constantly going on. There are constant lies being told. And there are people in our nation that are buying into those lies. And our nation is turning from God and unto the ways of the world. I don't want to tell you it makes Satan happy. But I want you to look at the verse 12. What happens to them as they believe a lie? That they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Those that are enjoying this, there's a time coming. There's a judgment coming. Isaiah is speaking about it back here before Christ. And we go to Thessalonians and Paul speaking of it at Thessalonica. And he's looking back on what Jesus Christ had done. But the message didn't change. Isn't that wonderful about God's word? And when I look to this, there's a desperate sickness in the human heart. And I believe it just reveals the ingratitude of some of the things that are out there. And that ingratitude, that stubbornness, that rebelliousness, that foolishness against God. And he reveals that here in Isaiah 59, verses 10 through 14. You know, it's sad to realize that as we live far below our privileges as Christians sometimes, we live far below our privileges. We serve the King of Kings. Amen. We serve the Lord of Lords. I am a child of God. I'm a part of that kingdom. I can go to my God and I can make requests. Can I not? I can go before my king. I can tell him what's on my heart. I can tell my king, listen, king, listen, I want you to know things are bad down here. He goes, I know. Well, king, what are we going to do about it? Oh, I, I need you, my child. I need you to go and I need you to share my gospel with someone. I, listen, there's someone right over here that needs the gospel. I want you to go and talk to them about me. Listen, I'm, I'm patient. I'm long-suffering. I'm waiting. Listen, there's a time coming and I want you to understand there is a judgment coming. But as your king, listen to me. I need you to go fulfill my will right now. I want you to do as your king is requesting of you and your king is requesting of you to go out and, and, and share the message of the gospel with someone because there's a day coming when my judgment will come and listen when my wrath come down upon the world it's going to be a terrible day and, and you don't want your family there and you don't want your friends there and you don't want your neighbors there and you don't want your co-workers there and you don't want those in whom you love to be standing at that place of that great white throne judgment uh, don't you want them to be at that beam of seat listen help them become a part of the kingdom help them become a part of what we're doing oh king listen it's so bad down here things are so bad king we have got to do something about this. My time is not yet. There's a soul that's hanging in the balance. And Calvary, he got a job to do. Let's go get it done. Let's heed the call. Let's preach the victory, amen? There's victory in Christ Jesus, is there not? Hey, listen, when judgment becomes relative... It's a problem. When truth becomes relative, it's a problem. And judgment was far off. When dishonesty prevails, what is just will come to an end. God warns when truth becomes relative, justice will cease. He said, therefore is judgment far from us, neither does justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like a blind, uh, like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. I want you to know that is our nation. That's the condition of us right now. 
There are people out there that are really hurting and they need Christ Jesus. And God wants to use Calvary to reach them. You say, where are they? Everybody around here seems to be fine. Everything's affluent. I mean, things are going well. Money's flowing. People are doing well. I mean, look at the houses. Look at the expansions going on. Look at the buildings going up. Pastor, things are great. I want to tell you, there's a difference between being affluent and being spiritual. Big difference. Haggai, when you go in and you read it, he says, you know, you fix up your sealed houses while the house of the Lord lieth in waste. I want you to know more than the houses that are being built, the souls that are in them matter to God. <laughs> Amen? And we have to get to that place. You know, the United States of America has come to the place where we allow the philosophy of what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. That's terrible, isn't it? How many of you see that in our nation today? It's like I can't, I can't fit it all together sometimes. And I'm thinking, are you serious? I mean, what I'm listening to, uh, you know, someone who, who really breaks the law, regardless of their position in the government, do they not have to pay a penalty for that? Are you with me? <laughs> Should they pay a penalty for the wrongdoing? And so what do we do about it as a nation? And I say to you as a Christian, we can pray, we know the king. We know who he is. And we can pray that he bring justice back. Amen? That he bring forth judgment. Justice, righteousness, virtue, integrity, decency, morality. I, that does not explain Washington, D.C., does it? You think of all those words and it, that doesn't cross your mind. But I want you to know something. There are people down there that fit this bill right now. You got fellows like Jim Jordan who are down there that are fighting. There are some good people down there. Brother Lankford, he, he was a youth pastor and now uh, is a senator out of Oklahoma. He was speaking the other day on the floor. How many of you saw him? And, and he's talking about how someone has to pay for what's taking place here. And, and listen, you pray for him. I call him brother. He is an independent fundamental Baptist. Amen? And he's in Congress. So I want you to know there are some people of integrity. There are people of decency. There are people down there that really care about the condition of our nation. Truth has become gray and true justice is ceasing to exist in our nation. You think about how schools at all levels are trying to indoctrinate our children. Listen, folks, this is crazy to me. You know, we're going to take out uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. How many of you did the Pledge of Allegiance when you were a kid? You know what? When I was in second grade, Mrs. Lewis was my second grade teacher. You know what Mrs. Lewis used to do in our, in our school? When I was a little boy, she would come in and she would read scripture to us and then we would pray. You say, well, wait a minute. When were you born? I know. I hope she was breaking the rules. Amen? But I know that lady read scripture to us, and we prayed, and she took our prayer request. My second grade teacher did that. My third grade teacher, Mrs. Grant, did the same. And I remember Mrs. Powell. They really started putting pressure on her. Mrs. Powell was a saved lady. And Mrs. Powell would pray with us in the morning. And they told her, you can't do that in school anymore. And I want to tell you, I think Parkland shooting wouldn't have occurred if some praying started happening in those schools. Amen? And what's happened is, is we want to wipe God out and then we want morality. <laughs> and you can't have morality apart from God. Nope. And schools at all levels right now, at all levels, are trying to indoctrinate our children. Some of us parents are paying thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to send our kids to some of these secular colleges so they can be indoctrinated by the world and we're paying them thousands of dollars to do it and then they come back and they have lost their mind. 
They're not thinking like they should anymore. And it's an indoctrination of the world. And it's your tax dollars and mine. How many of you get upset about that in some of these colleges? <laughs> and they're taking my tax dollars so they can indoctrinate someone else so that they can live for the world rather than live for God. Colleges that used to be places where Christ was taught. <laughs> Yale and Princeton and all those schools. <laughs> Today, you can't find that anymore. And the reality is, is we've moved away from God and schools at all levels are indoctrinating and they're ceasing to teach true history. And what do they want to do? They want to wipe out history. Do you know when Dwight D. Eisenhower, when he went over and he looked at all of these graves of the Jews and, and these massive graves of dead bodies, he told those fellows that were over there, he said, film as much of this as you can because one day they're going to say this didn't happen. And by the way, already starting it. It never happened. It's a lie. I think Dwight D. Eisenhower had some thoughts, didn't he? He knew what could happen over time. The reality is, is truth has fallen in the streets. And we're finding a time where hearts are not turning to God, but turning away from Him. They're filling our children with lies. And folks, hearts cannot change. Hearts cannot change unless God gets a hold of them. God has to get a hold of that heart for that heart to change. When I think about it, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, listen, many of you know this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Amen. And he tells us, he said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Calvary Chapel has the responsibility of helping to reconcile souls to God. <laughs> That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. We're to help reconcile souls to God. That's why the church is here. That's why we're here. That we might invest in that. And I thought about how all the right is turned upside down. And I thought about how a generation is in confusion. And this nation needs Christ. And by the way, God is not the author of confusion. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 14, it clearly tells me that God is not the author of confusion. So if the world is confused, it is not God. God's very clear, isn't he? But you know what is truth? Sanctify them through thy word. For thy word is what, folks? Truth. truth. When I look to God, he says, standeth. When I look at this, he says here, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. He comes down in verse 11. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. Drop down to verse 13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, folks. Judgment is turned away backwards. And he says, in that injustice standeth afar off. That word standeth is continuing to remain away from God or apart or remote from him. It's, it's away from truth. Do you know, we don't have to be angry. We don't have to be upset. We just need to hold our position. Amen. Hold our position as Christians. Just hold your position. <laughs> Hold it, because why? We serve the King of kings. We serve the Lord of lords. 
Listen, we can go to him. We just need to hold our position. Watch your disposition. I don't have to be mad at him and I don't have to be angry, but I need to be truthful. Amen. Amen. And listen, truth has fallen in the streets today. There's so much hopelessness out there and people are having money and monetary gain now. So they think everything's okay. But I want to tell you, everything's cyclical, isn't it? And we can go through this time of rest, and all of a sudden, rebellion will start to set in. And when that rebellion comes, then all of a sudden, we'll begin to divorce God again, and then retribution falls on us. And we'll just go through that cycle, just like the nation of Israel did. And here's what I want to challenge you with. He says, the truth is what is stable. The truth is what is certain. Isn't it good when you hear the truth? How many of you like it when your kid just fesses up, man? <laughs> yeah, Dad, you're right. <laughs> makes it a whole lot easier, doesn't it? Because then you don't have to drag them out in the driveway and drive them up and down the driveway for 40 minutes, right? Hook to the back of the car. Now all of you are going to turn me in, right? Connor's got the scars to prove it. No. <laughs> but we love it when truth is told, don't we? Amen. How much more do you think God likes to hear the truth from us? <laughs> How much more does the world need the truth? You know, there's a generation that's being taught to run your life off of your feelings and fear, not faith. How many of you see that in the news? They always want to talk about how you feel. And they, they, they try to scare you to death. I, I'm still wondering where global warming is in 2018. Anybody with me on that one? I can't find it, man. It was stinking cold this morning, man. I said, isn't this almost May? <laughs> Am I right? Am I, am I, uh, where's global warming now? I could use a little bit of it. I just come on and said, you're the king of kings. Give me some global warming. <laughs> it's cold out here. Man's wrong, aren't they? God's right. Amen. Truth, folks, has fallen in the street. We've got a generation being taught to run off of feelings and fear, not faith. 2 Timothy 1, 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. <laughs> Amen? He ain't given us the spirit of fear. He's given us power. He, he's given us love. Right. Amen? He's given us power. He's given us love. He, he's given us a sound mind. Think about that for a moment. You know what that means? That means we're not all over the place. We're not being tossed to and fro. A sound mind, some self-control. We kind of got it on board. You know what? It's all God and not man. Amen? It's Christ Jesus and not us. And the thing of it is, is, we have a sound mind to understand that. I don't have fear. I have faith. Amen? I've heard many say, hey, knock on wood, you know? And they say, man, luck would have it. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I got the Lord. I don't need luck. Amen? Amen. I got God. What do I need luck for? Why do I need to knock on wood? Come here. Give me your head. Right? Let me knock on that wood so you can open up the Bible and see that you don't need that wood to knock on. You need to knock on the door of Christ on your knees. <laughs> let me finish with this. Heed to God's call. Let's pray. Let's promote truth and not let truth be trampled under our feet. When lies lead a nation, morality will fail. When lies lead a nation, morality will fail. Look at the latter part of verse 14. For truth has fallen in the street. And equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Now I want you to know something. He said, Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. I want you to understand this. When we reject what is evil, 
We make ourselves a prey. Let me tell you what's evil. Abortion. It's evil. We make ourselves a prey when we talk about that. Homosexuality, it's evil. We make ourselves a prey when we talk about it. Do you understand what he's saying? When we speak truth, we make ourselves a prey. We put ourselves in a position where people are going to disagree with us. And we make ourselves a prey because they'll prey upon us, not pray for us. Amen? And we have a stance that we need to take. And you know what that stance is? Let's stand on the truth. Amen? When I look at this passage, God warns when truth becomes relative, integrity will end. And that's what's happening in our nation. We can see the integrity disappearing. You know, it's time for truth and justice to enter back into our country. And here's how it happens. I believe we get on our knees and we approach God so that we can encourage others by the word of God. And we get on our knees and we begin to pray and we say, Lord, help us. When we stand on this truth and we praise our God and we teach our children, we are one nation under God. Amen? We are one nation under God. And God established this. And I love our Pledge of Allegiance. Amen? And I do believe we are one nation under God. And if people want to kneel and pray, that's one thing. If they want to kneel against our nation, go. And, and I ask this one question. If we're so bad, why does Mexico want in here so bad? If we're so bad, why do they want in here? Why do other people want to come to this country if we're so bad? Do you know what we have here that they don't have? We have freedom. We have a freedom they don't understand. And that's why they want to cross the border. And that's why they want to come in. But listen, I say we do it legally and not illegally. Amen? Let's do it the right way, not the wrong way. And, and, and you say, well, why would you say that? Because integrity is ending in Washington, D.C. We have rules and laws. You let me go down the highway, and that sign says 70, and I say, you know what, that doesn't matter. I'm going to go 90. And I do that for a long stretch. What do you think is going to happen to me in a few short stretches? <laughs> All of a sudden, little lights are going to come on behind me. And I say, ah, I'm just going to ignore that. That doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just going to keep on going. I know what the law says, and I know what that says, but I'm just going to keep on going. Now let's everybody start getting like that. Nah. Let's let our leaders tell the police officers they can't do their job. They can't arrest people. They can't do this. They can't do that. Let's all just become chaos. And that's what's happening, isn't it? Officers daily. By the way, my brother is a police officer. And officers are getting killed daily now. Why? Because of the integrity that has disappeared in our leadership. Just sending out a message that's false and a false narrative. You know what we need? Not... Closet Christianity, we need some Christians to go into the closet and pray. Amen? Let's get into our prayer closets and start seeking the Lord. I got to thinking about when he talks about equity here, this is straightforwardness. This is integrity. This is impartiality. He said, cannot morally overcome if this doesn't exist or enter into a nation when truth fails. The last thought is this. Integrity, morality, it has to enter back into our country. It has to enter into our churches. We have to have that. And apart from God, it doesn't exist. Apart from Jesus Christ, it doesn't exist. So what's the call for us? Well, repent. For what? Before the retribution starts again. And you know, it may be what it's going to take to cause people to come back to God again. And you say, not our nation. Nobody's going to touch our nation. You know, before 9-11, I thought that thought. There ain't no way anybody's ever going to attack us. 
They can't even get inside our borders. Well, we're on high alert right now. High alert doesn't mean a thing. God is in control of all things. Amen? And I want you to know that I love my nation. I love the fact that God established this nation. Amen? You know, there's only two nations that have been founded on the Word of God, Israel and the United States. <laughs> the two longest-lasting nations. You say, well, man doesn't recognize Israel as a nation. It doesn't matter whether they do or not. God does. Amen? And he always has. As I look to God's Word, let's heed the calling before the retribution comes. You say, how do we do that? Well, we need God's power. We need his protection. And I think it's just a matter of this. In verse 15, he says in verse 15, he says, Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. Now watch this. And the Lord saw it. Underline that in your Bible. And the Lord saw it. He's not blind to anything. And it displeased him that there was no what? Judgment. Now I want to tell you something. We either do right and stand on truth and start fulfilling the judgment that God has given us as a nation because when he looks down, it will displease him when he sees there is no judgment. And so what is to follow? <laughs> the wrath of God. Hey, we serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We serve the one whom we can go to. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's waiting for souls to be saved. So let's not allow truth to fall in the streets. Let's pray. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed.